Well, good morning, everyone. It is great to see you all here. I'm going to ask for your forgiveness this morning. Uh, I was sick last week, so I'm still kind of recovering a little bit from that. So I'm going to try not to cough too much, try uh, to get through the sermon today. Uh, But I'm really excited about today's sermon. This is something that's been on my heart. And what I want to talk to you about today is good news for unfinished people. And you might be wondering what that means, and we're going to get to that in a little bit. But today our sermon is going to come from a wonderful passage in the New Testament. You see, it's the benediction that Paul writes at the end of the book of 1 Thessalonians. And I think that this is a great place to land, to lift our spirits today, and I think a passage that points us back to God. You see, good news for unfinished people is what we're going to be talking about. We're going to be focusing mainly on this passage from 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. And I think the best place to start is reading that passage together. So 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 23 and 24, it says this. It says, May God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. The one who calls you is faithful, and he will do it. You see, it's interesting when you look at the different translations, how different translations handle this passage. And if you look up on the screen here, you'll notice that I've underlined the key phrase, sanctify you through and through. And other translations of the Bible say this a little bit differently. And here's what the other translations say. They say, sanctify you completely. Make you completely holy, make you pure, belonging only to him. And you see, the beautiful thing about this passage is that it is a prayer for something that hasn't happened yet. You might be asking, well, what does that mean? Well, you see, this is a prayer for sanctification. Or for those of you who don't know what that word means that I just said and that long, hard-to-spell word, it basically is everything that God does in our lives to make sure that we turn out right. So let's ask the question, how do we know this hasn't happened yet? Well, just a quick show of hands, how many of you have looked in the mirror this morning? I know I did. Well, that's our answer, right? We know that we're not completely whole. We know that we're not holy and pure. And probably most of us don't feel very close to that at all. And if honesty compels us in any sort of way, in all reality, we've probably got a long way still to go. And so coming as it does at the end of Paul's first letter to the Thessalonians, we might rephrase this passage this way. Lord, I've done all I can and taught the people all I now. You've got to take over now. And unless you help them, they won't turn out right. You see, there's a fundamental important truth that we have to understand at this point. And it's that God intends to make sure that all of his children turn out right in the end. Let's think about that 
in some of our own context this morning, that's why parents care so much and worry so much about their children. They have given their lifeblood, their sweat, their tears, and so it matters to them almost more than life itself how their children turn out. Now, let's apply that same truth when it comes to God. You see, God has invested in us the death of his only begotten son. So you see, sanctification, that word that I mentioned earlier, is the divine guarantee that God's investment in us will not be wasted. It is the assurance that what God starts, he finishes. Sanctification, then, is God's commitment to us. You see, we're going to make it. He will personally see to it, but we're not finished yet. We're not there yet. Now, many years ago, starting in the late 1970s, this strange phrase started to pop up on buttons and shirts, and it read this. It said, P-G-I-N-F-W-M-Y. And if you're like me, when you first saw this, you're probably thinking, what in the world could this possibly mean? And you see, these letters actually stood for this. Please be patient. God is not finished with me yet. I love that. How perfect is that? Because we're not finished yet. And that's the whole reason why we seek after relationship with God. You see, but here's the good news for unfinished people. Someday we will be. Someday we will be finished. God will have completed in us the work that he began. And this is the whole point of sanctification. And when we read 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 23-24, through 24, Paul's words really are a short course in sanctification. And in these two verses, I believe that Paul is laying out for us what I'm going to call the five P's of sanctification. They're this, the person, the purpose, the prospect, the position, and the promise. And so today, for the rest of our time together, we're going to dive into these five P's of sanctification. And we're going to look at what it is that Paul is telling us, this process and how it works. So let's dive in to the first one together. So the first one is the person. And Paul says it this way. He says, may God himself, the God of peace. Well, in this opening phrase, we already have the guarantee of our sanctification. Now, just as any contract is only worth the integrity of the name on the paper, even so, our hope of sanctification is only as good as the person who stands behind it. And here what Paul is doing in the Greek language is using an emphatic construction to drive this point home to the readers. But here's the truth that we have to understand, is that only God can make you better. Think about it for a moment. Exercise improves your body, 
therapy your mind, friends may lift your spirits, good fortune may improve your circumstances, but in the end, only God can make you better. God is the source and author of all spiritual progress. And sometimes it's easy to forget that truth. And in our own battle with sin, we tend to crawl into a corner and try to better our own selves. And after a while, we stand up and we say, Here I am, Lord. Look what I've done. Don't I look great? And if we've ever done that, we're so wrong to boast because the reality of the situation is that it has nothing to do with us and everything to do with God. And in this circumstance, I'm reminded of the words of Jesus himself in John chapter 15, verses 5 through 6, when he says this. He says, I am the vine, and you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. And what I've underlined here, apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. You see, despite all our efforts at self-betterment and you know, you walk into a store and there's all these self-help sections. Paul's really giving it to us very simply, right? He's saying and telling us that sanctification starts with God. And if it doesn't start there, you haven't really started at all. And so the first P of sanctification is the person. Well, then Paul launches into the second P. The purpose. What is the purpose of all of this? And it's that phrase that I mentioned at the beginning of the sermon. It's to sanctify you through and through. Now, the phrase through and through actually translates an unusual two-part Greek word that combines the word whole plus and the ends. And so if we think about that for a second, we see that God has decided that his children will be made whole and complete in the end. But the key part of that is in the end, right? We have to understand that we're not there yet, but we will be. And most of us feel fragmented, torn in a thousand different directions. We're incomplete and under construction in this life. But God intends that when we finally get to heaven, we will be complete. The hammers and saws will be put away and we will stand before the Lord with every part perfectly in place and every aspect made whole. You see, we're not finished yet, but we will be. We're not completely clean today, but we will be. We're not wholly wise today, but we will be. You see, this is what Paul is telling us. And in his comments on this text, a great theologian once said that God intends the entire renovation of the man. And if you watch any of those renovation shows on TV, you understand what he means, right? So growing up, my dad and I loved to watch HGTV together, and we'd spend hours watching such shows as Flipper Flop, Property Brothers, and most of all, probably one of my favorites, we liked to watch Chip and Joanna Gaines 
on the show Fixer Upper. And if you've noticed anything, if you've spent any time watching those shows, you realize that these shows follow the same plan. You find a distressed property and then you start renovating it. And if all goes to plan, then you end up selling it for a profit. But here's the thing. Things never go to plan. Things never go well. Now, usually they get started with a bang and they begin uh, uh, demolition, ripping out the old walls, tearing out the electrical wires, digging into the foundation, knocking out the windows so that they can eventually replace them with beautiful French doors. That seemed to be the thing for a while. But then trouble hits, right? And Chip calls Joanna with the bad news and he says, you won't believe this, but the foundation is cracked. Or the roof has to be replaced. Or we've got mold in the bathroom. And it looks like the renovation has turned into a disaster. But see, the producers know that if they put this right before a commercial break, you'll stay tuned to see the outcome. And once the crisis is passed, they can finish the renovation. But let me share with you something that I've learned from these shows. You can ask my dad. He's heard me say it a couple of times. But renovations always take longer than you estimate. It always costs more than you expect, and it's never as easy as it looks. It's never a simple fix. But if you think renovating houses are hard, try renovating people. Try renovating people's lives. You see... In 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 18 through 21, we are reminded of what the cost is for God to renovate a human life. Paul writes this. He says, For you know that it was not with perishable things such as silver or gold that you were redeemed from the empty way of life handed down from your ancestors, but with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or defect, He was chosen before the creation of the world, but was revealed in these last times for your sake. Through him you believe in God who raised him from the dead and glorified him. So your faith and hope are in God. So if you think renovating a house is hard, try renovating a human life. You see, it's such a tough job that only God would attempt it. And some of us take 25 years, some 30 years, some 40 years, and many of us 50 plus years of being a Christian, and the job still isn't done. And eventually God says, I've done all I can do down there. Why don't you come up here and I'll finish the job where the working conditions are better. And so today we are holy in spots and in In others, we're not. But when God is finished with us, we will be holy through and through. You see, that's the purpose of sanctification. That's what Paul is telling us in this passage. The third P that I want to talk to you about this morning is the prospect. Paul says it this way. He says, your whole spirit, soul, and body. You see, this tells us what the extent of sanctification is. Paul wants us to know that God intends to renovate the whole person and all of their parts. Nothing will be left 
out or overlooked. Every part will be made perfect in the end. I want to share with you first uh, Philippians chapter 1, verses 4 through 6, because Paul reminds us of this truth of how God is working in us until the end. It says this, In all of my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the very first day until now, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. But let's step back for a second here. And let's suppose that you could change anything about yourself. Where would you start? I think lots of us would probably start on the outside, right? Would you be skinnier, taller, shorter, better looking? Would you change your eyes, your hair, your teeth, your legs? If you could change anything about yourself, wave a magic wand and change your outward appearance, would it be a light touch-up or would it be a complete extreme makeover? Would we even recognize you? You see, but as hard as it is to change on the outside, it seems infinitely harder to change on the inside. And if there's anything we know about human nature, it is this, it's that if people change, they change slowly, if they change at all. So think about the struggles of your own life. What would you change about yourself on the inside if you could? Would it be an impatient spirit? A critical tongue, envy of those around you, spirit of discontentment, lingering resentment, a guilty conscience. The list could go on and on. But here is the good news of the gospel. We are going to be changed. The stuff about ourselves that drives us crazy will forever be changed. We're told this, we see this through the process of sanctification, and it is the good news of the gospel that who we are today is not who we will be. That is the power of the blood of Jesus, and that is why we are here today. You see, that's what Paul is trying to get us to understand. So what does all of this do for us, right? This is the fourth P that Paul lays out for us. It's our position. It's the position we'll find ourselves in. And this is what Paul says. He says, blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. So what does the word blameless mean? It means to be acquitted in a court of law. You see, you are blameless if no one can bring a charge against you. But that's probably not true for most of us now. And those who know each of us best could probably testify against us, but for their kindness and care for us. You see, God intends that we stand before him, and when that happens, he will say, does anyone in the whole universe know any reason why this person should not enter heaven? And at this point, there will be such a loud, long Silence, as no one, not the angels, not the demons, not the saints or the sinners, no one in all the universe will be able to bring any charge against God's elect. How do we know that? 
Romans chapter 8, verses 38 and 39, it says this. Paul says, For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. How powerful and beautiful is that? You see, the Good News Bible says God will sanctify us so that we are free from every fault. Phillips uses the phrase spotless integrity. This is God's desire for all of his children. And none of us achieves it perfectly in this life, but better things are coming for the people of God. See, here's Paul's hope. His hope is this, is that when Jesus returns, two great things will happen for believers. One, our character will be revealed. And two, our perfection will be complete. But we are so far from this, and we seem to make such slow progress. Let me ask you this question. Do you ever get discouraged about your own life? Do you ever look in the mirror and say, what's wrong with you? And if you're like me, I suppose we all do that from time to time. It's easy to find reasons to feel guilty. What were you thinking when you said that? How could you be so stupid? You know better than that. Why did you lie about that? How could you treat a friend that way? And on and on it goes. You see, spiritual growth can be very discouraging at times. It's like climbing Mount Everest. The closer you get to the top, the farther away it seems, the harder it is to accomplish, the closer you get to the goal. But God has a reason for all of this. He wants us to depend on Him for everything in life. He designed life so that it works only when he is in charge of everything. And when we try to run the show, which we often do, things begin to fall apart. And in the Christian life, if it's left up to us, we fail every time. And only God can give us what we need to be victorious. And so today we don't feel blameless because we aren't blameless. We are in fact blameworthy and we oftentimes make things worse by what we do and say. Today we are all unfinished people, but when God is finally finished with us, we will stand blameless in his presence. And that's the good news from this passage. Because if we got what we deserved, it would not be good. But Jesus has done everything that we need on the cross so that we do not have to stand blameworthy in the presence of God, but in fact, blameless. This is the good news of this passage and of the gospel. The last P of sanctification I want to share with you this morning is the promise. And Paul says it this way. He says, the one who calls you is faithful and he will do it. You see, this little phrase is all important. 
our entire hope, both in this life and the next, is predicated on this hope. His faithfulness bears the entire weight of our efforts here on earth. You see, the one who calls you is faithful. Do you know what we are today? We are the unfinished children of God. You are a work in progress, and so am I. We've, we're all under construction And as we all know, construction is long, loud, noisy, very messy, and hardly ever takes as long as we think it will. And that's why most of us can hear the sound of hammering and sawing on the inside. Because God never stops His work, because there's so much work that needs to be done in each and every one of us. We are all God's children, and He is doing and working this process in All of us. I want to share with you Romans chapter 8, verse 29. And we're going to focus in here on the last part of this verse. But it says this. It says, For those God foreknew, he also predestined to what? To be conformed to the image of his Son. You see, what God is telling us, what Paul is telling us, is that God is shaping and molding us into the image of Jesus. And one day, we will look like Jesus to God because the blood of Jesus has washed us clean and the sanctification process has begun when we are baptized and we accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior. And in my mind, I picture God as a sculptor working with a rough piece of marble. And he's working on a big chunk named Michael Wexler, right? And it's a hard job because the chunk is badly marred, misshapen, discolored, and cracked in odd places. It's about the worst piece of marble a sculptor could ever find. But you see, God is undeterred. And he works patiently at his job, chipping away the bad parts chiseling an image into the hard stone, stopping occasionally to polish here and there. And one day he finally finishes a section of the statue, and he decides he's going to go do something else. And the next morning when he returns to the studio, the section that he had just finished is messed up, and he says, I thought I finished that yesterday. Who's been messing with my statue? Turns out I'm the culprit. I'm my own worst enemy. What I thought would improve things has only messed them up. But God is faithful. He patiently picks up his chisel and goes back to work. He's chipping away everything that doesn't look like Jesus. And in my case, it's evident that there's still a long way to go. But I am encouraged by the certain knowledge that he won't quit halfway through the project. Because we have to understand that what God starts, he finishes. So we reach what I'm calling the end of construction. And what I want us to do is I want us to think of the four words at the end of verse 24. It says what? It says, he 
will do it. They are simple and direct. No qualification, no hesitation, no doubt of any kind. Just four words, he will do it. Not he may do it, or he might do it, or he could do it, or he'll do it if he feels like it. Not even he will do it if we do our part. Just a simple declarative statement that God will do it. And when it's all said and done, what matters is not my stronghold on God, but God's stronghold on me. And one day we will stand before Jesus whole and complete. No more hammering, no more sawing, no more need to finish this work. And some days it feels like we're not making much progress. But that's okay because God knows what he's doing. Little by little he is chipping away everything that doesn't look like Jesus. And one day, all of us unfinished people will be sanctified through and through. We will stand before him blameless in his sight. And we know this to be true because God finishes what he starts. So today, as we come to the end of our lesson, I want to offer this invitation to you. If you like many of us, feel like an unfinished person. If you're wondering what it is that God is doing in your life, we are too. There are so many things that we don't understand. There are so many things that are confusing, but we have to understand that God is in control of it all. God is working a process in and through each and every one of his children. He loves, he cares, and he wants you to know that he is working in your life. And so today, if you are struggling with anything, if there's anything that you need, we want to invite you, whether you want to come forward, I'm going to ask some of our shepherds to come forward in just a minute, or if you want to just grab one of us, myself, the elders, staff member on the way out, we're happy to pray with you and pray for you. And lastly, I can't get down today without offering this invitation If you haven't given your life to Jesus, if you have not began the sanctification process by putting Jesus on in baptism, why not today? Why not do that today? Because Jesus came to this earth. He lived as a man. He died for our sins. Why not accept that today? Why not become part of the sanctification process And why not let Jesus work on you and in you until the day of completion when he returns again? If there's anything we can do for you, I want to invite you to come forward or grab an elder or staff member together as we stand and sing.